The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, season 19, episode number 99. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We get to recap a, uh, a win, Cowboys win. They beat the Detroit Lions at home 20-19 to uh, last what was that now? Was that on Sunday? Saturday. Sunday, Saturday, Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. I'm so off at this point. Uh, that was on Saturday the 30th. And uh, it did set up uh, some very interesting things, not only the Cowboys getting the win, but also other things that happened throughout the mm-hmm. league uh, that created some interesting scenarios for this coming game. Uh, but we'll get into all that stuff tomorrow. For today, we will recap the Cowboys' victory 20-19. to Let's start where we start, typically following the game. Let's go around the table. Give me your storyline of this game coming out of the big win. Let's start first with you, Brian. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, super impressed the way that the Cowboys played run defense in this game. That could have been one of those times where you look at the offensive line, how they were uh, configured there with the Lions. It's one of the better groups in the league. I think one of the top five for sure. When you watch their pass block, their run blocks, uh, outstanding in the way that they play. Uh, Dallas did a great job of handling that. I I, I was super impressed. with the way that they were able to control the line of scrimmage at times. Yeah, they popped a couple of runs on you, but if you look overall, though, of all the runs they had, the negative plays that were created in the running game, especially on short-yarded situations, was super impressive. Uh, we talk about Tank and the way that he's able to kind of uh, man, I think I, I think he he got a little lucky on a on a play down on the goal line there where he guessed right, but that's the greatness of Tank Lawrence mm-hmm. right there. He kind of sees that maybe the lineman's tipping a little bit, and he's like, "Well, I'm supposed to go over here. I'm just going to go over here and go around him, and then make a play, a negative play." So, really nice job. If you follow metrics and stuff, they'll tell you that of 31 runs, nine of them were uh, what they called stuffed runs, no yards or negative plays right there. I don't I don't think you could have played a better game when it came to defending the run against two quality backs. So uh, tip of the cap to the front seven, the way they played, the way the safeties kind of helped in the game as well. But uh, that could have got out of hand, and it didn't. So good for the Cowboys in that uh, run defense. A.G.? Well, um, don't get me wrong. I am happy. <laughs> hold on. Uh-oh. Hold on. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Let's start the new year right. right. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on yeah. now. Come on. Okay, I'm saying this. This is a disclaimer. Right. I am happy. I'm very happy that they won. I know where she's going. You know, you got to celebrate. And at this point, now you're all in. There's no the picking the other team or thinking anything. Like, you're all in and this is it. And I'm very glad they won. But. There are a lot of things that still concern me. And and you got to think that, okay, now you might be playing one or two games at home. Luckily, 
somehow the Eagles lose against the Cardinals. <laughs> they are broken. Um, but, huh? They're broken now. Yeah. They're broken. Officially. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the point is, regardless of everything starting to fall into place for the Cowboys, which is great, and you're excited to see that, there's still a lot of concerning points and areas for this team. We we talk a lot about home games and how well they, they play at home, which is proven to be true but even this game against the Detroit Lions which they're a very very talented team we know that but a lot of the times the score didn't reflect how the game felt Mm -hmm. you saw the Cowboys moving along pretty well and taking care of business but then all of a sudden once again they keep getting in their own way and making mistakes that don't help them it hurts them and then you're like okay makes you wonder again I'm like dang if okay if this is at home what happens when you're on the road again against a team like this you don't win that game so it's just one of those scenarios where yes it was great you saw uh certain areas that were great for the team I thought the defense did a very 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 nice job despite of the running game and everything happening there with the talent that they do have but it's just like, man, it, it cannot be that close. Games cannot be that close, especially when you see things working, but then you're the one stepping on your own foot and making those mistakes that luckily this led you to a win, but you almost lost that game for sure. And I'm sure we'll get into what happened in the last few seconds of that game, but it's still great, very happy, but man, don't get too comfortable. Buckle up because there's still a lot of work to be done. Um. More MVP, MVP caliber play from Dak Prescott as far as showing resilience um, and being able to kind of battle through the, kind of the ebbs and flows of the game offensively. They had some struggles offensively. We'll talk about the run game, I'm sure, here shortly. Um, but I'm going to keep it to the to the defense. Uh, run defense, like Brian said, it definitely stepped up. Uh, it was kind of weird at times because they made so many uh, positive big plays as far as run stuffs are concerned. Uh, and then a couple plays later, they let uh, a yeah. big run happen. So it's kind of up and down, but Cowboys had more positives than negatives in that regard. Uh, and then that kind of takes me to a, a guy that we talked about, Donovan Wilson. We talked about his his reps, his snaps getting uh, turned up last week or the week prior going into this game. Uh, and we talked about what that probably meant for him and what the Cowboys needed from Donovan Wilson. He showed up big in the run game and he showed up big in coverage as well with that interception. Yeah. So if you're going to get prime Donovan Wilson back in conjunction with maybe prime Jordan Lewis, who's been playing some outstanding mm-hmm. football the past few weeks, uh, uh, he gets that interception on that RB screen, which is the Cowboys' first takeaway. Uh, they didn't; they weren't able to get any points off of that. However, it shows that Jordan Lewis is coming back to top form. Donovan Wilson's coming back to top form. Stephon Gilmore is playing great in coverage. De'Ron Bland gave up the big play, um, but he also had no safety help over the top. I call that just good play call and execution by the Lions. Give them roses for that. But I think the Cowboys' defense, you know, they were able to for another week because they had a good run defense against the Dolphins as well. So for another week yeah. without Hankins on the field, you defended the run exceptionally well, all things considered, right. and now you're likely about to get Hankins back. That objectively should make you that much better. So I have a lot of confidence now in this run defense going forward. Secondary safety unit, they're starting to take steps forward. Um, nickel corner as far as Jordan, he's back to top form. So love what I'm seeing from the defense. Cowboys offense still needs to kind of get some consistency over the course of a four-quarter game. Though. We will dive deeper into a lot of those topics as we go throughout the show. But I got to go 
to this because this is the storyline, in my opinion, of this game. It is what everybody is talking about coming out of this game. I want to get everyone's opinions on penalty? that. <laughs> well, let's not let's not talk about what but they should be talking about. Let's talk about what people are talking yeah. about: the two point conversion and the uh, illegal touching call. What were your thoughts on that specific moment, that specific play, um, and and how it all transpired, and what it meant to the overall game and the outcome? I knew they were throwing the ball to an eligible tackle once that that uh, skipper came on the field. I said immediately to myself, I, we were getting ready for the post-game show, and I'm thinking, okay, they're reporting eligible here. Mm-hmm. And you got to be ready for that. Anything to do, Dan Skipper is 6'10", you know, him throwing a, catching a, a two-yard pass is going to be a probability. You have to be able to. Where they aligned him was, was surprising to yep. me. Um, they tried to use deception. The whole idea of the reporting rule is to not allow deception. Right. That is the spirit of the exactly. rule. Competition committee, Stephen Jones, one of the chair members of the competition committee, they're very clear about the rule. By the way, I'd like to circle back with Stephen Jones. He didn't want to change the rule about the ball fumbling out of the end zone. He's like, I don't want to change that rule. Which I'm good with, too, by the way. We'll talk but, about but that he, a little bit, But we got to fumble out of the end zone, yeah. so we might want to revisit that one. <laughs> but, the, but the spirit of the rule is to report is to not to deceive. Now, running plays is deception. But when it comes to jersey numbers that are not traditional receiver numbers, mm-hmm. there's a clear rule for that. You know, And if you're trying to move the eligible receiver around in the line – if you're reporting him as eligible but playing him as a tackle, that is deception. So in the spirit of the rule, did maybe uh, did Brad Allen and the crew maybe get it wrong? I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Because the entire game, when number 70 has come on the field, Dan Skipper has been the eligible receiver. Mm-hmm. He's reported as eligible. You know, So to me, um, you could talk about you know, where they put him. But the whole intent of the rule is to alert the defense of possible eligible people, not to formation it in a way that somebody else is eligible. Right. And that that that's the, the the NFL is very clear on that rule itself. So did the Cowboys catch a break? Yeah, absolutely. But in the spirit of the rule, and the Lions even admitted this that they, yep. they the deception was part of right. you know. And if you and if you know in that situation. Uh, I think that maybe Brad Allen and his crew should have stepped back and said, okay, why are all you trying to report? What's, you know, take, take time. And okay. Are you telling me you're eligible? Are you telling me you're eligible? Who, who is, who is the eligible player here? You know, is it you Taylor Decker? Is it you uh, skipper? If it's not, let's get this situated. And then, but take a little time. That's a key point in the game right there. It's a huge moment in the game. Because really, to be honest with you, the second seed of the NFL playoffs now, it turns out, is on the line in that particular in that particular instance. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that uh, you know, in, that to me, uh, yeah, unfortunate for the Lions, but you should know the rule better for what you're trying to do. Uh, and and for me, it's like I said this morning on 105.3 The Fan, um, the Lions got cute and tried to outsmart the Cowboys, but like Brian is saying. It, it it boggles my mind that you would think you'd be able to deceive when the eligible uh, receiver is going to be announced over the right. loudspeaker as right. it was. Right. So the defense, the Cowboys' defense, were they were going to hear 
that eligible receiver anyway. So who were you deceiving except potentially the official who at that point in the game, as Brian points out, Skipper had reported eligible on more than one occasion up to that point. So when he sees Dan Skipper running up and there's this subterfuge, he's like, okay, well, you're muscle memory. You're You're, the guy. You're the eligible guy. And then he announces it. So then for those that are saying, oh, well, he announced it. It's a loud stadium. Maybe the Lions didn't hear what the Cowboys heard it. That's why they didn't cover 68 in the first place. So if the the Cowboys hear that, well, if he reports it at 68, then the Cowboys cover that the play doesn't happen. Then you can rewind back and say, okay, well, if that tripping penalty is called correctly against Aiden Hutchinson and not pay Hendershot, then none of this happens in the first place. Butterfly effect. I say all of that to say the Lions, they made a decision to try to win the game. That's totally fine. It didn't work in their favor because they got cute. And after they got cute, they had another opportunity. Jared Goff throws an interception to Marquise Bell. Lions get bailed out by the offsides to Micah Parsons. And now you have a third opportunity to change your mind and say, this is just not going how we should. This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Let's just kick the ball. And he tries for it again, and it doesn't work. I have no sympathy in that situation. The the, the Lions got cute. Finally, the Cowboys got a break in their favor because so often this season in these close games, talk about Philadelphia, talk about Miami, you just didn't get these breaks. It broke in the Cowboys' favor. No apologies should be given out for a win. Lions got cute, and it cost them the game and probably the number two seed. Well, that's the thing about it, too. The Cowboys lost the game because of an ineligible receiver mm-hmm. themselves. Right. With Adoka. Exactly. In Philadelphia. So, you know, that's that, that that in itself right there is, you know, there are clear rules about eligible receivers. Right. The NFL makes that very, very, very clear. They 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 make it a point to announce to the crowd and and you know to the crowd and to the teams that 70 is eligible. Mm-hmm. 70 is an eligible player. And you know you you can if you want to if you want to put him somewhere else and use in man line of scrimmage and all that stuff. I thought it. I thought Taylor Decker was covered by. I thought he was covered by the wide receiver. But looking back on film, he wasn't. And I right. thought initially I'm like, well, he's covered anyway. That's an illegal formation, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, uh, I, I I I again I don't have any any sympathy for the Lions. You're, you're absolutely right. They had they had uh, he he should have kicked the extra point. To begin with, after watching his offense just go down the field in that final drive, mm-hmm. right. and I win the toss, I'm going to do the exact same thing again. Yep. You know, now maybe Dallas plays you differently because they 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 were in some they did some crazy things in my opinion. <laughs> we'll get to that. that. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, but yeah. And anyway, yeah. No, I was just, only thing I was going to say. I I feel the same exact way. Um, zero sympathy. It is what it is. You know, more often than not, that's something that would happen to the Cowboys. Like, yeah, that exactly. happens to us all the time. And people want to come and get on uh, on social media and start saying, oh, y- y'all paid the refs, and the refs are on your side, and all that. I'm like, say whatever you want. We're the most penalized team in the world. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not the case. Okay. So our money's not being spent well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Finally we caught a case. break. We need to look into how we're paying these refs. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But either, either way, it worked on... The Cowboys' favor. Um, but again, it never should have gotten to that point. It never yeah. should have gotten to that point. The Cowboys had so many opportunities where they could have been taking the lead and never gotten to even, possi- even the possibility of going overtime. Um, but anyway, it happened. We're here. They won. And it is 
that. One other thing I think that hasn't been mentioned a lot um, in in the conversation around this is uh, after the game, Jordan Lewis was talking to the media and he made it clear that actually in the week pre, uh, previous to the game, oh, yeah. they worked on this quite a bit yeah. on eligible players, right. players reporting. Right. How do you adjust to that? So my contention has always been if the rule is set up so that you can't deceive and yeah. you have to make it clear right. who is this eligible player, then Dallas was playing based on that. Yep. Yeah. And if you see a guy lined up at tackle mm-hmm. and he's not declared as eligible, you don't cover you don't him. Cover yeah. You don't worry yeah. about him right. as a potential receiving threat. Now, if they would have said 68 is the eligible the, the eligible guy, then I think at that point, I think the Cowboys would have adjusted because, again, they yeah. practiced it all week. Exactly. And the likelihood that J. Ron Curse gets beat by a tackle in coverage is not very high. So my point is like whatever you want to say about the the ref messing it up or not at the end of the day that wasn't the Cowboys fault they they did it based upon whatever they were told the the stadium was told 70 is the eligible player at that point that's what you have to work with and based on that I don't think it would have been converted even if they would have gotten the number Mm -hmm. right the point is they got cute they were trying to be deceptive and I like the way you put it Brian the rule is put there so that there is no deception you want to make sure everybody's aware who the eligible players are, and that's how you have to adapt to it. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll dive a little deeper into some of the things. I want to talk about that final drive, mm. not only from the standpoint of the, uh, the the Cowboys and what they did on their offensive possession when they went down and actually got the score, but also the Cowboys' defense. What were they doing in that particular possession that allowed uh, Detroit to just drive right down the field in a short period of time and get to a point where they were, uh, they were in position to tie it up? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from my next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. 
Yeah, I'm trying to get my headphones on. How about this? Uh, Demarcus Lawrence. It's a new year. Is, yeah, jeez, it was fumbling around there for a minute. Demarcus Lawrence is the Dallas Cowboys nominee for 2023 uh, NFL Player of the Year. Uh, that's the Walter Payton Award, of course, presented by Nationwide. Help tank raise funds for Dak Prescott's Faith, Fight, and Finish Foundation by casting your vote on NFL.com slash Man of the Year or tweet your support using the hashtag WPMOY Challenge. Voting ends January 8th. Vote for Tank. Welcome back. Segment two of the of Cowboys Break here live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. The segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right, so let's talk about that last drive uh, that the Cowboys uh, were on. Their defense was on the field. Uh, they've got the lead. Um, and really all they need to do at this point is just keep Detroit from scoring a touchdown. <laughs> Not a field goal, a <laughs> touchdown. Yeah. Uh, what happened was just the opposite. They allow a nine-play, 75-yard drive in a minute and 18 seconds. Uh, that gets the Lions into position uh, where they are at 20-19. to 19. Uh, They decide to go for two, but could have clearly tied up the game and forced, uh, likely, I'm not going to say definitely, but likely forced an overtime. Dallas would have had some seconds still left on the clock. That all being said, uh, Laporta, who I thought they'd done a pretty good job on mm. most of the game, was really the guy that that killed them on that final drive. Three catches for 50 yards uh, on that drive alone. Talk to me about what was happening, Brian. You alluded to it. What was happening with the Cowboys' defense and how they were trying to defend the Lions on that last drive? Well, you didn't get any pass rush to start with, which really hurt. You know, the Lions did a really good job of of holding up there. Uh, You initially started the drive playing to defend the sidelines. And we've seen this at training camp when we've gone and watched practices and stuff, and they work on uh, those final two-minute drills when the other opponent doesn't have any timeouts. And so what you do is you defend the sidelines. So you try and funnel everything back to the middle and then make a tackle. And then it just was a lot of time left to be playing that kind of a front and that kind of a uh, a defensive package, in my opinion. Because once the ball went to the middle, fine. You rally, you tackle, but it's a huge chunk play right there. And so now you've got all your defenders wide. You have to rally. So, okay, they get out of that. The second time around then, okay, the second play is they get into a situation where they play two deep safeties, but they played the safety so wide. Mm-hmm. Both safeties ended up on the hash, uh, excuse me, on the numbers. So now you got you got them, you got the defense really stretched, again, attacking the middle of the field. And then and now you've given up another big chunk play. So you're in a situation where now Dan's thinking about or uh, he's thinking about, well, I've got to do something different here. So he tries to play some man coverage on it and he matches up curse on Laporta. And Laporta runs like a pivot and, you know, up the field and back inside and curse over plays. Now it's another big play right there. Mm-hmm. Now you're on the doorstep, you know, and they got caught in a situation, too, between Gilmore and the safety. When the ball went, when St. Brown went to the outside, they got caught in really how they were aligned and how they were going to play the zone down there. St. Brown catches the ball and goes in. So he tried three different things in order to stop them from scoring three different types of looks and and all two of them were bad in the way actually three of them were bad in the way that the middle of your field was really exposed and so that's where the lions clearly attacked but the lack of pass rush killed you in that particular moment as well 
Yeah, I mean, and it really boiled down to their inability to stop Laporta on that particular drive. You know, you had the 10-yard drive, then you had the 25-ish yard drive, uh, play, I'm sorry, then the 25-yardish play right after. Uh, on the first one, if you go back and look at it, Laporta starts on the left side. He kind of gets a free release for the most part. He goes and he sits down middle, and there you go, 10-yard gain. I think in that aspect, then Dan Quinn, J. Ron Curse, and the safeties, they start saying, okay, well, let's try to keep at least one guy keeping an eye on the middle because on that 25-yard drive, Laporta starts on the right side. Yeah. J-Ron, he's eyeing Laporta, so you have the two safeties, but they are, they're two, they're stretched wide. They yeah. are at the numbers, and now you have J-Ron and you have Marquise. So when they when the play happens, J-Ron kind of glances at Laporta, but then guess what? Your running back is coming out of the backfield, and then he sits right where Laporta sat. So J-Ron gets that second thought, and he says, okay, I'm going to play for Okay, well, by then, Laporta is already behind. behind him, but now the safeties who are supposed to help, they're too wide. So Golf just drops it in. Play design, good play, play design. design. Yeah. So good play design versus uh, not great uh, you know, defensive design, especially because you didn't get pressure in the front yeah. four. So that's really – those two plays are what kick-started it because, like Brian said, after that big play, bigger play from Laporta, now you're on the doorstep. And I'm on St. Brown, who had a very solid game yeah. uh, against the Cowboys. He gets another play, and then all of a sudden now it's a touchdown drive and we're into the two-point conversion controversy. So if they had – gotten a handle on the porter on either of those two plays, preferably the 25-yarder, then it's a much different situation. But, I mean, you also got to give credit to those guys on the other side of the ball because Laporta, he's been lights out all season. Uh, and like you said, all of the Cowboys, for the most part, before that drive, did a good, a, a good job of kind of bottling him up. You just had to know at some point during that game he was going to get his, and on that drive yeah. he got his. Well, he was able to have some success against your linebackers, or some some yeah. success. Yeah. But when they put when they put corners on him, he didn't have a catch. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, and they did that a few and, times. And, and yeah. I, I think that people are starting to treat Jake Ferguson that way too. Yep. They're not going to let. They're going to put you know like Brian Branch several times caught Ferguson in this game, and you wonder like, well, what are they playing? Ferguson different? Yeah, they are. They're treating him like a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with Laporta. I I, I think Dan, I, I think that if he had to do it over, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have left the middle of the field open as much as he did. Because I think it was really early. You know, when, uh, for example, I think we all watched the Philadelphia-Arizona uh, game when they, they have no timeouts and 20-something mm -hmm. seconds. That's, to me, where you play the sideline right. prevent defense, where you just you don't let them get out of bounds. You, yep. you funnel everything to the middle, and then you tackle them, especially with needing a, needing a touchdown. You know, you just rally, and then the time. But with a minute 40 on the clock, that seemed like you're not benefiting. You're giving up a big chunk play there. And then potentially giving him another big chunk play by playing your your, your secondary that way. He he got out of that pretty quick after the first time. Yeah, it's interesting because I think in those kind of situations, you got a minute forty left in the NFL. Yeah, I'm like play that's your eternity. Play your yeah. regular defense because yeah, sure. this yeah. is you don't need to switch it up. If, and by the way, the Cowboys defense have played well. Yeah, I had said that this de this game, in my opinion, came down to the the how well the Cowboys defense played because I don't think the yeah. offense played particularly no. well. I mean, they played okay. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. CD had a career day. Dak had great numbers. I think the offense left some some plays on yeah. the field. I think the defense was really the reason why they were in the game and playing it yeah. to the point that they were playing it, and then that drive happens, and you're like, how did this so happen the in whole, this situation? If you look at the turnovers, though, the the interception on the screen, mm -hmm. and 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 Patrick mentioned the the play, Lewis perfectly playing the play. I mean, every the flow's going away, and he's reading, and he sees the he sees the back coming to his side. He stays. That's just perfect recognition. And then what happens is, like, Osa is so fast up the field on the screen because they don't block him. 
Golf just turns and fires it. I mean, he doesn't even look. Mm-hmm. He just spins and throws, and Lewis driving on the ball. That's pressure right there. Yep. They they forced they forced golf into some really uncomfortable situations you know, in his head of having to deal with the pressure during the game. Like you said, Derek, they should have just stuck with the defense that was working on for them, the defensive set that was working yeah. for them. Because once you drop back and you get soft as far as like coverage, uh, you know, spacing, quote-unquote prevent, quasi-prevent, uh, in that situation, there's too much time on the clock. Yeah. And on the previous drive, guess what you got? You got an interception from Donovan Wilson, and who was the target? It was Laporta on that yeah. play. So you, you shouldn't have backed off. You should have stayed in their face, stayed in those receivers' face, stayed in Laporta's face, Laporta's face, and you would have had a, a greater chance of that not ending in a touchdown drop. Well, also, after so after the interception, I mean, I'm thinking with two minutes left, I'm thinking <laughs> that's being dumb of me because that's plenty of time sometimes. You think the game's over? <laughs> I'm thinking, we, we got, got this. this yeah. let, me, let me start packing up my stuff to head downstairs. See, that's the jinx slider. <laughs> slider. No, but, <laughs> but even then, like... This is one of those situations where, where, again, you see the way that the offense was playing, the Cowboys' offense in general, but still not cashing in on everything. You shouldn't have settled for a field goal. I mean, it was great that Aubrey, uh, what was it, 43-yard attempt? Yeah, and he he gets it in. But I'm like, those are the situations where you, you should go and drive down the field and score a touchdown, seal the game, quote-unquote sealed the game yeah. but that would have basically gotten you the win with that much time left but then you settle for a field goal but let me ask you this because that, that brings up an interesting point because some say some would say i would agree with this that the cowboys may have been a little too aggressive on yeah. that drive they were throwing there they allowed 40 seconds to not be taken off the yeah. clock because they were essentially i mean it was clear mike was like we're trying to win this game yeah. right here and i like the aggressiveness i like the aggressive mindset but I think in that situation, I think it would have been preferable keep running the ball, especially after you get the tripping call. Keep running the ball at yeah. that point and just try to get as much time off the clock. Yeah. Take yeah. your field goal with your money kicker and then don't give them the time to be able to drive down the field and be able to make the score. How do you juxtapose that? Um, but I think both things can be true because I agree. You run the ball to get time off the clock. Yeah. But then you can also keep pushing the play and get – that doesn't mean you have to absolutely settle for – just a field goal. I mean, if you p- set up the design and the play is well enough and then add in some passes here in between, you get to the end zone. So uh, it, it doesn't yeah. have to be just one thing or the other. I think you can do with well management and in a good play design, you come up with something that contains both, a mixture of both, kill time off the clock while also driving the offense to get closer into the end zone. Well, the, 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 the fact of the matter is on that deep pass – the pass was kind of there. Like they just they just didn't connect on it. Yeah. Like it was an, they had an opportunity on that pass, I think to convert it. My thing is the chance of not converting it yeah. though is what you worry That's about the high you get risk. the completion, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I have a feeling though if Dak had to do it over after he watched the tape, he would he try it underneath. He would hit, well he could throw it he could have thrown it to Ferguson would have kept the yep. clock going yep. or he could have taken a, a dagger shot at Tolbert. And I, I think he told Tolbert. Tolbert, Tolbert, Tolbert on the deep, on the deep, on the deep, the deep cross. Deep rights, uh-huh. yeah. He, he's. I mean, I think if that's Lamb, 
I think Dak throws that ball. No doubt. It's yeah. Tolbert. And, and nothing against Tolbert. I love you, bro. You're one of the you, – Hey, he's, so had, think, he's had so you think some he, really good catches. He had, he he had, had the one catch. on the eight and not the eight on the eight. And he was like, whoa, hold on he, just a second. He, he, saw, he saw the end cut, yeah. and it was Tolbert, and he said, I'm going to take my chances with Cooks. Yeah. And But I think if it was 88 on that deep end – yeah. I think Dak would have ripped it, and then Ambar would have been packing her bag and like this one's yeah, over. Yeah, that was over. Yeah. See, the, I had visions. It's so funny when you, the tripping happened. Yeah, I had visions of By us way, being in. Call. I had visions of us being in Detroit the last time. And remember when Matthew Stafford that game where Tyron Smith got a holding call uh-huh. and it brought him back, yep, and yep. they couldn't kill the clock. They get a positive oh, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they and it was it was Detroit. And what happened? They, it left Detroit time. Yep. And Matthew Stafford and, and Megatron whoop 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 down the field. Yeah. It just I had that vision of like, oh, please don't let this be that yeah. game again. But I, I, I think that to me that that the I like the aggressiveness, but. I agree with you. I'm about. I don't. I, I after the interception. I'm sure the defense is thinking we don't have to go back out. Right. There. We're not going salt back. this game away. We are yeah. not going back out there. And if yeah. we're going back out there, there's going to be 20 seconds left. Yeah. Okay, fine. We'll play with 20 seconds left. They weren't thinking once they got that interception that they were going to have to defend for a minute 40. Yeah. There's no way in hell they thought that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, to me it felt rush once the offense got in there. It yeah. just felt like rush. I'm like, this is the time where you just okay. It's you're the one taking control of the game at that point, mm-hmm. and it just felt like all the plays were kind of just all right, like you're playing behind when you're the one in the lead, yeah. and you can take care of so, business. So here's here's where I'll play devil's advocate because I, I completely agree in this in the aspect of the Cowboys needed to eat up more time, 100. percent You needed to eat up more time. Don't give them a minute 40 plus. Just don't do it, right? Especially in a game that's this close, and you just figure that maybe Laporte is going to get his sooner or later. But I think that would have to require. Uh, two things. Number one, just run the clock down yeah. closer to zero before you snap the ball, even if it's a pass play. So that you ha- that has to happen. Period. But you don't have confidence in your run- in your run game in the, in that in that contest. You just don't. Yeah. Uh, Tony Pollard. I mean, it ain't in many contests. Right. Like, well, it just hasn't well, been there. Well, like I'll say, I will say this. For as much as we've we've had. Do you have concern- confidence? Hold on. For as much as we've had concerns about the Cowboys' rushing attack, rightfully so, because first it was offensive line juggling, yeah. and then you know, then it was like, okay, well, Pollard isn't completely Pollard yet because he's coming off the injury. Now you get Tyron Smith. He's back for seven consecutive games. Pollard starts to look more prime Pollard. It started to make. Uh, progress, but the Pollard I saw against the Lions was the worst version of Pollard that I've seen in a long time. His vision was not there at all. So e- this was I charted him even before Tyler Smith left the game. Pollard was not getting traction. Right, he wasn't getting traction. Right side, left end, right tackle, left tackle. I mean, right guard, left guard. He just was not getting traction. He didn't get a positive play. Let me pull this chart here. He didn't get a, his first positive play until the fourth. Cowboys offensive drive, which was a handoff for a gain of five. Before then, first drive, loss of two yards. Second drive, handoff right, loss of three yards. Third drive, right flat screen, loss of five yards. Third drive, two plays later, third and 15, flipped the pilot for no gain. And then you had a situation on another drive where— it Wasn't the drop in there somewhere? That's what I'm getting okay. to. Yeah. So, quarter three. Got his uh, helmet almost ripped off on yeah, that drop. Quarter yeah, three, <laughs> seventh drive for the Cowboys. Handoff, left in, loss of two. Next play, second and 12, middle slant, dropped. That yeah. drive ended in a punt. Yeah. So he got going in the fourth drive and the fifth drive. But my point being, for the mo- majority of the game, including the drive that preceded the final offensive drive, 
the Cowboys hadn't seen anything from Tony Pollard that would then tell them we can salt this game away on the ground. Because you also didn't see it from Deuce Vaughn, who finished with two rushing yards on the day. But absent Rico Dowdle as well. I understand that. My thought would be you have other ways you can utilize the running game, number one. Jet sweep. I was going to say exactly. CD There are other things you can CD do. The jet, sweep, with, the jet sweep with, yeah. is the best four-minute yeah, The jet options, sweep is man. the best four-minute run they've got. <laughs> you got no, you, you do. I just feel like options. after watching uh, McCarthy, who it, and I said this on the fan this morning, it felt McCarthy and Pollard on Saturday against the Lions felt eerily like Gallup and McCarthy in Los Angeles against the Chargers in that this guy mm-hmm. is having a really bad day at the yeah. office and the play caller is just like, we're going to do whatever we can to get you going. And at a certain point, you just should have stopped yeah. and figured out another way to get it going on the ground. My thought is you could have done boots with, with Dak. You could have run jet sweeps. That is one. You could have. You could have even thrown some of those. Some of those little bubble screens that they love to throw to wide receivers. There are other things you could have done to keep the clock moving and give you some opportunities. And again, I'm not saying that. That I agree with you. What you're saying holistically, Amber. In most situations, I'm like I prefer the more aggressive approach. I I love that about Dan Campbell. Like he's like I'm going. I'm I'm going to win (laughs) games. I'm going to try to win games. But at the same time, I think there's a smarter component to it that you have to always think about, too. And where is your team and what is your team going to be asked to do? You put your team in a situation where your defense has played well all day, but you give the other team the ball with a minute 40. You're creating a situation where it's hard for them to defend because you know the tendency is to be a little more a little less aggressive on defense because you're like, don't give up the big play, and that allows teams just drive right down the field, and here yeah. you go, touchdown. The biggest mistake I think that Dan Campbell made was not going for it on fourth and on the two-point play, was going for it on fourth down when it was a 7-3 game. Yep. Take the points. Yep. Don't 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 just anytime you get points. If you want to if you want to go for it in, in the fourth quarter and be aggressive that way, go for it when you know what the game. But him giving up those points, great job by the Cowboys playing defense yeah. down there, yeah. you know, and getting off the field. Well, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was first and goal when they started there and Absolutely. they held them four times. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it was really well. All right, let's take our final uh, break. We'll come back. It's not often we get through and get to the final <laughs> segment of the break and after a game day and haven't talked about Dak Prescott, but we'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys 
Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash Cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. How about this? Sean Polite is your 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year, and now he needs your help. Vote for Sean to be given the ultimate title of NFL Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at nfl.com slash fan of the year. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. Uh, we got a few more minutes. We'll get real quickly uh, to the uh, to the Dak, uh, to Dak Prescott. In this game, he was 26 of 38, 68% completions, 345 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, a 103.5 rating. How would you assess his play overall? I mean, it, it, it was a step forward over the, the previous couple weeks, but it's still not um, – I mean, there are throws he wants back. And when we see him, and like I said to start the, the, the show, I think it was an MVP performance as far as his resilience goes. But I'm still looking for four quarters of consistencies. You know, something that we saw uh, in that that sequence of wins that followed the loss in Philadelphia midway through the season where you saw Dak Prescott was just absolutely on fire. Uh, and he was he didn't have as many throws per game that you felt that he wanted back. Brian brought up a great one. I, I tweeted about it in real time. If he sees Tobert, for example, in that play, that's a touchdown. That probably you know helps put the game away. First down. Right. Uh, <laughs> at minimum. Yeah. At minimum. Because he also has some green in front of him as well so for some possible yak. So uh, I think that was it a perfect game for Dak Prescott? Absolutely not. Was it uh, a bad game did he do anything to really cost the team that interception he wants back um, and, and I said that in real time as well you cannot when he's escaping to the right you don't make that throw especially with the DB sticky to your wide receiver like that uh, and that's why it ended up with the interception but all things considered he bounced back he he led the offense in the situation where um, your rushing attack was non-existent and you needed to try to will the team forward will the offense forward he did so not the prettiest outing for Dak Prescott but when the Cowboys needed him most to step up he and CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks, they did. And that's what you need from your franchise quarterback. Yeah, I felt like, you know, you you look at the metrics and you watch the game, the eye test that you have, and then you study the game on tape. The numbers against man coverage were really, really good. The the, the numbers against the blitz were really, really good. Uh, you know, the thing that Dak would probably like to have back is that they always talk about passes that travel more than 10 yards in the air. And that's where he was five of eleven. He was 154 yards, but a lot of that was on the uh, on the the pass that he had to uh, uh, that they scored the 92 yard pass. But I, I think that uh, yeah, everything about the game, though the the way he handled the pressure, uh, I, I, tell, I don't know how he escaped uh, that. Oh, I mean, on the 92 yard. Yeah, yeah it's it, you know in the Lions they, they they you know and I think a lot of it has to do with their teams are afraid of hitting quarterbacks nowadays. They don't wrap these quarterbacks up like mm-hmm. they did. And Dak, is, you've got to wrap him up. But his ability to escape, keep your eyes down the field, yeah, he, uh, that was uh, top-shelf stuff. And make the throw. Yeah, on the absolutely. But he handled pressure well. Uh, yeah, there's some throws he always going to want to hang uh, have back, and but I do wish he would have made that throw to Tolbert right there because that would have that would have killed the Lions right there. That yeah. was a that would have been a big big play. 
Yeah, I mean, agree with everything you both said. Uh, to me, the one thing that did stand out was just him handling the pressure. Yeah. And specifically that play where he threw it to CD for that first touchdown. He was like in a crowd full of guys on him and he just escapes and his ability to maintain um, his awareness of everything, still escape, look for CD, make that throw. Those are things that now he's, I feel like mentally, like as opposed to Buffalo, for example, he wasn't there mentally and just kind of now when you see him like that and when you know the struggles that the O-line is having health wise and I'm sure we'll talk probably tomorrow about the O-line and everything that's currently happening there. Yeah, we got some news there. But when that happens, you need your quarterback to be able to play that way. And it's great to see him kind of stay focused and and be able to run and escape with the ball and still make throws like that. Yeah, I think when you you think about it, like I I know there were some throws he, he would want back and I know there it wasn't perfect. But the amount of pressure that they're putting on Dak Prescott for this team to win. You think about it from the standpoint of 38 times they threw the ball. They only ran the ball 21 times in that game. We are back to basically going into games and saying, Dak, here's the ball. Go win it. And and so when you do that, yeah, when you do that, it's not going to be every every pass play is not going to be perfect. What I do believe is Dak Prescott is playing the best football of his career because with all that pressure on his shoulders, he's still finding a way to get his team wins. Now, again, you can say what you want about the Buffalo game. I think he didn't have a good game there. I think the Miami game, he didn't play his best football. I think yesterday, I mean, on, on Saturday night. I do think he played really good uh, relative to what you were asking him to do, and it can't, ended up being a win for you as well. He can't control the fact that CD fumbles the ball out of yeah, the end zone. Right. He can't control. He actually board. can't control the fact that the defense on that last drive ends up in a situation where they allow them to drive down. What he did was he drove his team down to put them in position to win, he and did. he got the points that they needed to get. And so I look at that, and I think Dak played a really good game, uh, especially for what he's being asked to do, and I think he's playing some of the best football mm-hmm. of his career. MVP caliber. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We are back. We got one quick headline. Yeah. Because we can report it now. All right, good. So, uh, speaking of the offensive line, a little bit of a reunion possibly in the works. Cowboys are working out today. Uh, Former Cowboys offensive lineman Lyle Collins. He's back in the building today. And if that physical looks good, then we might see a reunion there. Uh, And they're also going to work out in more reunion. Um, Damian Wilson, former Cowboys linebacker Damian Wilson, who then spent time with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, depth at linebacker with a decision to part ways with Rashawn Evans. so there you go, two possible reunions for the Cowboys. And then when it comes to Lyle Collins, I know Brian and I were talking about it before the show went on. It uh, looks like it would be for the tackle, not guard. So for those that are wondering if this is a Tyler Smith indication, it is not. Yeah, no, this, is, this is a tackle deal, yeah, all the how, way. How long has Damian Wilson been out of football? Is it, what, Did he play last year? I, I man, you're asking. Okay, I'm sorry. I yeah. shouldn't have asked he, he the question. He played for Jacksonville last year. Last year. So he did play last year. He just hasn't been on a roster this yeah. year. Correct. Okay, got it. Pulling got up it. his snap count now. All right, so that's something Jacksonville, to keep it 21. Out. Carolina in 22. Oh, five Carolina. starts for Carolina. Um, two sacks, 38 tackles. So, rotational. Okay. But but the Def, fact is he's played Def, recently. He's played recently. So, you get him in there, it can't be worse than what Hey, what beggars right cannot be choosers. Absolutely. Come on. <laughs> he squad. is the saltine cracker for the starving person. Like, <laughs> practice squad. You just go with it. It's delicious. It's a Ritz. All right. 
Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to start getting ready uh, for Cowboys versus Commanders. This will be a huge game for the Cowboys. We'll start breaking that down tomorrow. Until then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!